Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. very excited today to be welcoming another guest to our podcast. Woo-hoo. So today we have Sarah Robertson Barnes joining us. She runs a blog called Sustainable in the Suburbs, focusing on living a low waste lifestyle. Sarah is also a dog owner of an adorable dog. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and is going to be sharing us uh, with us some tips uh, for eco-friendly living with our pups. And we're really excited to learn all about that. So let's get started. To see your face. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine McKenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are joined by Sarah from Sustainable in the Suburbs. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) How are you, Sarah? I am doing great today. We made it through another day of online learning. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How many children, two-legged children do you have? I have two two-legged children, two bipeds, grade two and grade four. And how's the online learning going? Uh, third time's a charm. <laughs> Very grateful to be in the no kids club during the pandemic. <laughs> four-legged over here for us so yes. far. <laughs> four-legged parent only. <laughs> All right. And sir, where are you calling us from today? Where are you located again? I am up in Aurora in York region. Okay. Yeah. It's like. Far enough, but not too far. Yeah, it's so just south of Newmarket. I grew up in Newmarket. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I nice. like Newmarket. It's cool there. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, let's dive into these questions because I'm really excited um, to talk about our topic, which is um, being eco-friendly living with a dog or pet really. So Sarah, can you tell us a bit about yourself? And more importantly, can you tell us about your dog? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure. Um, So I'm Sarah and I blog at sustainableinthesuburbs.com. And I talk about um, zero waste living uh, out in the suburbs where we may not have as many options as folks in the city do. Um, We're kind of constrained by driving and big boxes and that sort of thing. So I talk about changes that you can make within your own home and your own community that do still have an impact. It's, it's not all glass jars and refilling. And my dog. Yeah, your dog. That's what we really <laughs> want to hear about. <laughs> yeah. So we have, um, a, we think she's about two years old, um, a two-year-old pup. Her name is Jazz, uh, like the Transformer, apparently. Um, <laughs> and she uh, is a rescue um, that came to us through Save Our Scruff. Um, which is a fantastic rescue that um, rehomes and also brings in dogs from um, a shelter in Mexico. And she's a Belgian Malinois and Greyhound mix. So she's like a little mini shepherd and she's just my sweet little baby angel. 
It's just such a funny um, mix to think about because mouths are so crazy and greyhounds are so like chill. Like to have that, is she more on the crazy side or the chill side? She's a super chill dog. She's very sweet. She never makes a peep. She's a little cuddle monster. She's only about 50 pounds. Um, Yeah, she's like the perfect dog. Amazing. Aw. We're, um, we're big fans of Save Our Scruff. That's where I got my dog Marshall from. So I adopted him from their Manitoba intake last June. Cool. Yeah, they do awesome work. I'm so glad. I actually just got a big donation pile um, of things that Jazz was no longer using to give back so that it can stay in circulation and help some new pups. Oh, that is kind of, um, that's a nice segue into, into things <laughs> we're about to talk about here. So I guess just moving along, um, what got you in the first place into this low waste lifestyle? I do have to say, Sarah, that I loved how we pulled that language from your website, actually, because I do love that you use the term low waste rather than zero waste. Um, because we know that zero waste is absolutely impossible. There's no such thing. So yeah, I love that. But yeah, curious around, you know, what got you into this, especially um, as a mom and having kids and pets, it's so much more complicated. So yeah, loaded question. (laughs) I've always been like a tree hugger. Um, so I went to university like in the 1990s and that's when I became a vegetarian um, and just through deciding to do that and reading about it and learning about how, you know, like factory farming affects um, carbon into the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then that sort of segued into reducing plastic um, when I had an infertility diagnosis Uh, just sort of going through the rabbit hole of what can I do of this completely uncontrollable situation. Um, And then when we did finally have our first son, um, I kind of continued that, like, we're going to do no plastic as much as possible. We're going to cloth diaper. We were living in Toronto then, so didn't need a car. Um, I've been a bulk barn shopper for probably the last 20 years, first out of financial necessity and then um, low waste. Um, So we've always been sort of layering on um, to low waste. It's not been a switch that I flipped. It's just sort of like, Mm -hmm. now I've learned about this and now I've learned about that. And I found the zero waste hashtag about five years ago. and was like, my people. (laughs) And then since then, I've learned so much about environmental justice and social issues and, you know, big picture and where I can fit into making a difference. I absolutely love that. It's a journey, right? It's not like a destination. It's it's like um, learning little bits at a time to make yourself that much better at it. Um, it's not about perfection. It's about just doing what you can. And I absolutely, I love that. So um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. And it has to be fluid, right? I mean, like we're living through a time of a lot of plastic and I just was like, well, that is how it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, things will change moving forward, but you have to give yourself that grace to do what you can do when you can do it. Yeah. We all have different needs and access and circumstances. Yeah. I'm vegan, Sarah. So that like from, as my, like my vegan lifestyle, that really resonates with me. And that's definitely kind of the approach I've always taken is like it, 
it was a journey to a get to veganism. And now it's like, yeah, like giving yourself grace and recognizing that, you know, mistakes happen and you're not perfect. And, um, even when you do eat vegan things, you buy still cause harm. And yeah, it's uh, so that really, that really resonates with me for sure. All right. So let's move on to our last question of this first segment. So, um, when we say low waste living, particularly with a dog, um, what does that look like to you? I think that it looks like realizing what's possible and what's not possible. Um, so we'll get into this in a little more detail, but, um, I'm a big believer in secondhand first, um, which is anything that you need for your dog to look for that secondhand, but also like, that's why we adopted a rescue dog. Um, just kind of applying it across the board, not necessarily in things that you purchase, but just in how you look at, you know, what's already out there that needs love. And that might be, you know, a piece of clothing and it could be like your best friend to your little pup. So I look at it that way and I just apply all the principles of stuff that we already do to also having jazz. So what can we get package free? What does she actually need? And what can we get secondhand? Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said at the start when we were chatting and you said that you're going to give that stuff back to save our scruff because it's not just about what we buy and what we consume and what we bring into our homes, but it's also what we decide to do with things when we no longer need them and we need to get rid of them. So it's easy to throw stuff in the garbage or to donate to a store that you know may never sell that and it might just end up in landfill anyways but to give it back right but to give it back to an organization that you know is going to find a, a purposeful use for that um yeah. it just kind of like embodies that whole philosophy that's the spirit yeah I mean it's all about it's also about like circularity and connection so when we picked up Jazz the lady that had brought her from the airport had just lost her pup a few days earlier and said that's why she wanted to pick them up at the airport and like we had a big hug and like so there's that connection right and so I'm so happy to be able to pass those things forward to another family who's going to find their their forever pup yeah for sure yeah that's, yeah, that's sad. That makes me sad. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, for all of that great information. That was, that was a great start. Um, we're now going to take a short break and we'll be back to ask more questions around how, as dog owners, we can help reduce the dog-related waste that we produce. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are talking about low-waste living with Sarah Robertson-Barnes from Sustainable in the Suburbs. Thanks so much for having me. We are so happy to have you here. So let's dive back into some questions on how we as consumers can be more eco-conscious as dog owners. Um, And we thought it would be easiest to kind of split these into a few categories. But 
Before we go into this, can I ask like a language question? We were, when we were planning this out, we were trying, we were like, is it eco-friendly, eco-conscious, low waste, zero waste? Like what is your preferred language when you talk about this kind of lifestyle? Yeah, it's really kind of nebulous, right? It sort of depends on what it is that you're talking about. So I look at eco-conscious as a way of thinking Mm -hmm. and approaching whatever it is that you're doing to have the environment in mind, um, you know, first and foremost. And eco-friendly is dicey. (laughs) Um, It's really been co-opted by um, a lot of brands um, for some greenwashing. So just sort of keep your eyes out for that. Um, I sort of go between low waste and zero waste. Um, zero waste is a bit sexier. That's the <laughs> Google search term. So that's why I use it. Yeah. Um, but I think that like low waste is my preference because that's really what it is that I'm talking about and what I think is most manageable. I was just going to say, and more realistic. Awesome. Ken's want to kick us off with like the first category slash section. Yes, because I'm very interested in hearing about this. So First, let's talk about the big one, food and treats. Okay. Our dogs got to eat. <laughs> Our dogs <laughs> love treats. So how how can we be more low waste when we're making our food decisions and treat decisions for our dogs? Yeah, so that can be really challenging depending on either your budget or what's available near you. Um, so, and again, always check with your vet before altering their diet, but there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, so the first one that I would recommend is wherever possible to buy in bulk. Um, so that might look like purchasing either kibble or treats, um, in your own bags or containers. Um, so I know near you folks, you have zero waste bulk Mm -hmm. and they do treats. Yeah, they have treats. Alan is amazing and Cassie and they do such a great job. Um, So they have all that stuff for you. Um, As far as kibble, I'm not sure um, where you can get that where you folks are. Um, So if you don't have access to bulk kibble, um, you can get around that by buying the biggest possible bag that you can afford and have room to store. And that will cut down on your overall packaging. Some companies have a take back program through a company called TerraCycle, um, where you can send the bags back in and then they downcycle them into stuff like park benches and decking. That's what I do. Or you can use that big bag as your own garbage bag um, mm. rather than using plastic garbage bags. So at least gets a second life um, or you can use it for your litter pickups or whatever. So just sort of thinking, what can I do with this bag afterwards is still low waste. I love that. I really, really love that idea. Um, yeah, Open Farm is the is the dog food that we're alluding to. Open Farm um, has uh, multiple different dog foods available at Pet Value, uh, but they are, I think, slowly transitioning to just selling online. They're a Canadian, I think, Toronto-based company, they actually. Are. Yeah. Yep. Um, so my... I myself, I feed raw. So I feed raw food from a, um, a small manufacturer out in Erin, which is out just outside of Guelph, Ontario. And yep. um, we uh, get the plastic buckets instead of the um, individual, you know, pound packaged raw food and then um obviously I can recycle those myself or I I actually tend to reuse them because they're a perfect size um I wonder if I guess this is like a very open question but did you do you know much about like raw food and like the the difference between kibble and raw and if like raw could be more sustainable longer term versus kibble Um, I don't know much about like in terms of feeding raw, just we don't. I have 
just too many children to, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, to deal with that. But I mean, so it's, there's a, it's one of those things where there's like a million different factors, right? Like where's the meat coming from? How far does it travel? What are the farming practices? How is the kibble made? How is it processed? How far does it travel? What's the carbon footprint of that? So and um, it's kind of choosing like the best worst option, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, as far as raw, I mean, my, my suggestion would be like what you were just saying, Mackenzie, to like get it as local as possible. Um, you can support your local butcher um, by getting it in your own containers. We have one um, here in Newmarket that will do that. Um, making a point to shop at like indie stores versus big box, if that's mm-hmm. possible, yep. Choose yep. small local Canadian brands. Like there's a lot of options to lower your impact without like, because we can't make it zero. Like you said, they still have to eat and they do have to still consume meat. So just sort of weighing your options about what's, what works for you and what works for your dog. We have a really great local business called Finnegan's Deli. I and was just going to plug them because yeah. I love Melissa. She's great. Yeah. yeah. So she's vegetarian um, and she actually sources all of the meat from local butchers and it's all yeah. meat that otherwise would go to waste and exactly. turns it into treats. Um, so it's things like beef liver and chicken liver and like tracheas and like gross things. So like, I mean, Yeah. As a, as a vegan, I'm like, but barf. It's keeping that out of landfill. Yeah. So, so then it's not going to, I mean, nothing breaks down on a landfill, not even food. It doesn't break down properly because it lacks oxygen. So it just releases methane into the atmosphere. So if you can keep as much as possible sort of cycling through, yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even, yeah. If, even though I personally don't eat meat, like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. And you can make your own treats too. I mean, if you're one of those types of folks, I did it one time. Same. Um, so I can check that off. Yeah, I did it I did once it. and then never again. Exactly. <laughs> Cause I can get them in bulk. So, I mean, that's something that I have to decide. I mean, you, you, it has to be sustainable for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, let's go on to the next one. So the next one is about toys and this one is especially a big one for my dog because he's 80, do- 80 dogs, Ooh, wine guys, 80 pounds. And, um, he is just like, he loves chewing everything. He's still a puppy. So he goes through toys like crazy. So yeah. Curious about your recommendations for like low waste, durable toys for dogs. I have found with the dogs that I've had that antlers are a really good choice for dogs that can chew like through a tire mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> or through any Kong that you give them, any rawhide that you give them. The antler seems to be the most indestructible and um, they can be a bit pricey, but they're worth it. Yeah. Yeah. We found some success like the Kongs and then the West paws um, are like pretty durable. They just fill them with like peanut butter and stuff, which is great. Um, So we love those. But Ken's, I think you were you mentioned that you thought West Paw had a recycling program. Yeah. West Paw does have a recycling program. So um, let me quickly look it up. You can send back your your device, your, your toy, your whatever slow feeder, and they will recycle it and turn it into more product according to their website. Um, so if, if yeah, if, if that's, um, 
I, I as a consumer would be more apt to purchase something like that than to buy, you know, um, something that doesn't have that program. So, and then Sarah, do you have any other, um, like toy ideas for, you know, regular dogs that aren't insane <laughs> chewers like my dog? Yeah. Um, so I mean, for chew toys, you always go with like the most natural option that you can find. So, you know, like rawhide or dehydrated like ears or whatever is out there. Um, the antlers, like I just mentioned, uh, those high quality durable items, you can also, um, sort of recycle some of your own unwearable denim into dog toys as well. So you can make those like tied rope toys. If you have jeans that just cannot be salvaged and will definitely not sell at a thrift shop. Um, then just there's tons of Pinterest tutorials. Um, I've got a bunch of them pinned as well. I haven't done it yet, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I might. Uh, That's Pinterest in like a nutshell, isn't yeah. it? Like oh, all of these ideas, but um, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Um, Dog poo. Yes. Let's talk about poop waste. Yeah, there's no way around it. We have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so unless you're pretty rural and you don't mind it being out like in your woods or whatever away from waterways um you, like you got to deal with the dog poop right it's just the thing to do just be courteous and a good dog person um so you kind of have three options here um the first one is to make sure that it gets into the garbage uh so you have to pick it up i think we all know that but apparently not from walking around out there a lot of people i don't think know that they're meant to yeah. supposed to pick up i hate to throw kw people under the bus but pick up your poop people let's <laughs> I think come it's on kind of universal um so i mean right off the bat i'm gonna recommend biodegradable bags um i like the earth rated ones um okay and are those like i'm always i don't know i'm always like greenwashing like they are for real biodegradable like yes they're the the real the real thing yeah of the ones that I've looked at um that are like small Canadian brands because that's my preference um they seem to be the most uh like they tick out the most of my boxes and they also offer two different versions so there there's a difference between compostable and biodegradable which is a whole other thing um but the green bags that they have are accepted in most municipal green bin programs um, and the white ones are supposed to be home compostable. The white ones or the like, are you, do you mean the really light green ones? Yeah. No, and they're, they're like thinner. Yeah. There's like, they're like almost clear. Mm. Okay. I buy um, like they're earth rated, but they're, um, they're like thin, light green, like light, light, light green. Yeah. I use the regular green. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but, mm. um, one thing I will say about composting is you have two options for composting. So first check with your municipality to see if it is um, accepted in green bin uh, pickup, if you have access to curbside pickup, um, that should be on the municipality website. And they will say that you will have to have the biodegradable bags versus just a regular plastic shopping bag. Um, so make sure that you're meeting the standard there. Our town does require the bags, so that's why I use them. Um, now, if you're gonna compost at home, you have to have a separate compost pile or a dedicated vermicomposter, worm composter for dog waste so that it's not like mixing with your other waste that's gonna go into a garden, for example. And the way that I've seen it done is like that you have to dig like a pit 
Um, and then you put it in the pit. It's like deep into the ground, a couple feet into the ground. And then once that pit is full, then you have to uh, move on to another pit. Um, just make sure that it's not um, it, like near any sort of waterway. If that's something that you want to do. I did just, just check on the Regional Waterloo's website. I was pretty sure our green bins do take it, but they, yeah, they, so in the Regional Waterloo's of Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, and then the townships, they would accept pet waste in the certified compostable plastic bags. And they've got like pictures of the logos. Yeah. Um, and so that's because it's an industrial composting process. So it's done through like high heat and like mechanical grinding. Um, they can fish plastic bags out of that, but let's not add <laughs> to the detritus that has to be fished out. We'll follow the rules and then it will get, it will actually see another day as soil. Well, uh, I think we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back for a lightning round. So Sarah, I hope you're ready. Okay. Welcome back to Dog Friendly KW's podcast on Midtown Radio. We are about to do our lightning round. Pew, pew, pew. Bow, 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 bow. I still don't know what sounds you're making when you do that. Oh. Well, I, well, there you go. There they are. Sarah, you're welcome. Okay. So, okay. So. Yes, we are uh, in our lightning round, and this is just where we're going to ask Sarah a few really quick, fast-paced lightning questions, and uh, hopefully we learn even more than we already have. So, my first question is, I'm going first, because I'm talking. Rude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Rude. Okay. My first question is, so we were just talking about poop, and I have two small dogs, and my dogs poop literally disintegrate into the ground within a rainfall. Like they, they're there and then they're not. Would you say that's okay? Like in your yard? Yes. I have a backyard. Yeah. If it doesn't bother you, it's probably fine. Yeah. Love it. Okay. That's my question. <laughs> okay. Oh, so eco-conscious Ken. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what would you say is the most challenging thing about eco-conscious dog ownership? probably just the food bags. I mean, they don't need much. So it's just the food bags. And when I find another use for it, that's what we put our trash in. So that's brilliant. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, I'd say it's that. Actually. Okay. Wait, follow up question. So if I buy open farm and I do their terrace cycle program, what is more beneficial? I, I repurpose it as a garbage bag or I actually have it properly recycled and I use garbage bags that I buy from the store. Ooh, okay. So that's one of those 
right? What's the lesser of the two evils? So when it's recycled, it's probably not being recycled back into a new food bag. It's probably being downcycled because plastic loses um, integrity every time it's recycled. So it's probably being um, transformed into something else like a carpet or decking or a park bench, something like that, which cannot be further downcycled. So it's ending up in the landfill regardless. So mm. depending on how many food bags you're going through, that's where you have to kind of do that. Which one do I want to do? And you might find that right. you save one and you're using that for your trash and you empty another one in the meantime, return that one and mm. still keep, right? So you can do both. True. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right, Ken, do you have another question? Yes, I've got one more. Okay. What is a common mistake people can make when they're starting out trying to live low waste or lower waste? Two mistakes. The first one is thinking you have to throw away all your plastic. Don't do that. Just keep using your plastic. It literally lasts forever. So use it. Um, and the second thing is don't go out and buy a bunch of new quote sustainable items. You don't need them. It's about buying less. It's about consuming less. You probably have something that will work. You probably don't need a metal straw. You probably don't need bamboo cutlery. You could just use a fork out of your drawer, that sort of thing. So really considering what it is that you're using and what you need. Amazing. Well, thank you, Sarah. And thanks for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW podcast. Um, and we would love if our Dog Friendly KW community would share ways that they reduce their waste as dog owners, but also um, show Sarah a little bit of love on Instagram. So you'll find her at Sarah Robertson Barnes on Instagram and make sure you tag her as well in any of your uh, low waste dog tips. So thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Yay. Look at that. That was great. That was fun. Thank you. Tell your father the witching hour is dead.